1: Kremel Hair Tonic and Kremel Shampoo present the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes, starring Nigel Bruce as Dr. Watson and Tom Conway as Sherlock Holmes. Hey. once again, let's drop in on the famous colleague of Sherlock Holmes, our good friend, Dr. Watson. Good evening, Dr. Watson.
2: And a very good evening to you, Mr. Bell. I've almost given up hope of your coming tonight.
1: I know it's pretty late, Dr. Watson, but I saw that your light was still on, so I thought I'd drop in. Uh,
2: I'm glad that you did, Mr. Bell. Applying the methods of my friend Sherlock Holmes, I would venture a guess that you're on your way home from the theater.
1: Amazing deduction, Dr. Watson.
2: (laughs) elementary, Mr. Bell.
1: Isn't that a theater program? I see sticking out of your pocket. Of course. Oh, what (laughs) was the play? Hamlet. Very fine production, too. Have you seen it? No, not lately, but I think I
2: can claim to be one of the very few men in this world to have seen a far older Hamlet than any that you saw performed tonight.
1: An older Hamlet? I don't quite understand.
2: Some 400 years older. You've heard me speak of Professor Moriarty?
1: The arch villain whom Sherlock Holmes considered his most worthy opponent? Precisely.
2: I think that Professor Moriarty would cheerfully have given his right arm to possess the hamlet to which I'm referring. At least, he was quite willing to commit murder for it. I remember... Oh, but here I am monopolizing the conversation when I knew I know that you've got something quite important to, uh, to tell our listeners.
1: Yes, Dr. Watson, I'd like to tell our listeners about a modern trend in hair grooming that's in such great demand today by men who value their appearance. It's called criminal hair tonic. Frankly, man, Kreml is the only hairdressing I've ever found that really makes my hair stay in place. An outstanding feature of Kreml is that it always keeps hair so neatly groomed yet never gives it that cheap, greasy look. Kreml never leaves hair full of sticky goo. Your hair feels so soft and looks so natural. And men, don't tell me that you won't be mightily pleased when your wife or sweetheart remarks how attractive your hair always looks, how it feels so nice to touch... Never greasy or sticky. It's spelled K-R-E-M-L. Cremel hair tonic. Now, Dr. Watson, what about Professor Moriarty and the original Hamlet? I'm all ears. It all began in the
2: most commonplace manner imaginable. I was walking down the street with Holmes in answer to a completely routine call from Scotland Yard.
3: Hurry up, Watson. Don't lag.
2: I must say, Holmes, that as a medical man, I heartily
3: endorse this recent passion of yours for long, brisk walks. My dear Watson, the constant succession of dull cases with which we've recently been favoured leaves me with so much surplus energy that I can only sleep by exercising myself into a state of utter stuporous exhaustion. Look
2: out! Good heavens, that carriage!
3: See that? That carriage ran right over that old man. Poor devil! I better see what I go and do for him, Holmes. Oh, that's your matter, Watson. Look after the poor chap. I must be getting on to the yard.
4: Poor uh, man! Move to one side, please. Move to one side, please.
3: I'm a doctor.
5: Doctor,
2: I'm all
6: right, sir. Uh, I'm all right, thank
2: you. Well, there uh, are no bones broken. I'm glad to say. It. Here, let me help
6: you to stand up. Thank you, sir. Yes, I, I'm all right. Quite all right. Very kind of you to come to my assistance. Oh, not at all. I'm a doctor. At least I picked a good spot for my accident. I see there's a pub right across the way. I hope you'll at least let me have the pleasure of standing you a drink. That's the quickest fee I ever received. Lead the way, sir. Two whiskies and sodas, miss. Right, sir. Allow me to introduce myself, sir. My name's Franklin Burley. Oh, and here's uh, here's my card, Mr. Burley. Not the Dr.
2: Watson. Oh, you mean the little paper I wrote on the, the common cold in the last issue of the London? I don't know I about just...
6: that, but aren't you Sherlock Holmes' colleague? Yes, yes, I am. God sent you to me, Dr. Watson.
2: Oh, really?
6: I've been wanting to put my problem into competent hands. What do you mean? I didn't stumble in front of that carriage, Dr. Watson. I was pushed. Someone's been trying to murder me.
2: Now, 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 Mr. Burley, I... I... tell you, it's
6: the truth. Two weeks ago, a wheel came off the carriage that I was driving. A most convenient accident. Last Wednesday, as I was passing St. George's in Hanover Square, an enormous balk of timber fell, missing me by less than a yard.
2: Well, why on earth should anybody want to kill you? Here you are, gents. Oh, thank you, thank you.
6: Because I saw it, Dr. Watson. Saw so what? I saw the ghost of the Burleys which no man may see and live. Oh,
2: no, 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 my dear fellow. After all, this is the
6: 19th century. We're a very old family, the Burleys. Not nobility, but just as old, just as proud, and just as poor. My father left me two inheritances, the magnificent Burley Library, which has been in our family for over 300 years, and the Burley Ghost. Oh, you needn't look at me like that. I'd always scoff, too, when I heard tales of the ghost. But a week ago... I saw it in the library.
2: Uh, Very well, Mr. Burley. May I ask
6: whose ghost it's supposed to be? The original collection of books in the library was stolen from an abbey expropriated by Henry VIII. When the abbot resisted, he was killed, and it's his ghost that, according to legend, haunts the library. I
2: don't suppose you could describe the
6: ghost. That's where you're wrong, Dr. Watson. I saw it, or him, if you prefer, quite clearly. He was extremely tall. Very thin, his forehead a high, pale curve, with his eyes two sunken pits of blackness. Oh, gracious William. But most of all, I was struck by the slow, almost hypnotic, constant oscillation of his head from side to side in a manner which I can only describe as curiously and horribly reptilian. You and Mr. Holmes must help me, Dr. Watson. You must... Uh, I can see from your expression that you think I'm merely suffering from delusions, imagining persecutions that do not exist, but I tell you, my life is at stake.
2: Mr. Burley, as a medical man, I'll admit that at least you believe you're telling the truth. Tell me, do you live alone?
6: No, my son lives with me. A good enough sort, though I could wish he had a bit more purpose in life. But his wife... What about his wife? When my son was in Salon running a tea plantation, he married a half-caste woman. She's utterly strange, a terrible creature. I more than half suspect she's behind everything that's happened. Rather
2: a weird alliance, isn't it, between your ghost and your son's wife? All right, Mr. Burley, I'll speak to Holmes, if that's the only thing that'll set your mind at rest. It won't be the first time that he's driven a ghost back to its lair. Oh! Do stop scraping on that violin of yours, Holmes. I'm trying to tell you about this poor chap's delusions.
3: I assure you, Watson, you've been receiving my closest attention. So your friend Mr. Burley suspects his son's half-caste wife. Go on. No, well, that's all there that is to it. I promised him that I'd tell you his
2: story, although obviously the poor man is the victim of a persecution phobia. I
3: wonder, Watson. I wonder. Oh, now, now really, Holmes. There are certain definite points of interest. That description of the ghost, for instance tall, very thin, high forehead, with a constant oscillation of his head in a reptilian manner. Who does that remind you of, Watson? Remind me of? I don't know. Could it be anyone but our friend Moriarty? Good heavens, you're right! And a library of the nature that you describe might well contain treasures worthy of the professor's highly selective interests. I tell you, Watson, it sounds precisely like Moriarty. The inspection of the library in his ghostly guise followed by the realization that if he's to secure without suspicion the treasures he covets, their owner's death is necessary. Come, come, Watson. Stop lounging in your chair. Well, but where are we off to? Mr. Burley said he was returning to an ancestral home at the seaside in Cornwall. Yes? We shall join him there. It's been too long since I've crossed swords with such a masterly adversary as Professor Moriarty. <laughs>
2: salt air and the sun shining on the water make a man realize that life is worth living.
3: Ah. If you don't stop admiring the surf instead of watching where you're putting your feet along the singularly aimless meanderings of this path, you won't have any life left to live. It's a good 200-foot drop to those extremely unpleasant-looking rocks below. Yes, I see what you mean. Say, Holmes, look down there. I never realized that those Cornish cliffs are... Simply riddled with caves. Which no doubt accounts for their popularity with spundlers in byborn days. That and their inaccessibility, except from the sea. The bath seems to buy
2: just up there ahead of us. Of course, that fool of an innkeeper didn't tell us which fork to take. A problem, Watson, but not one incapable of solution. And may I ask how you propose
3: to solve it? Deductive reasoning, I suppose? Not at all. I shall merely inquire the proper direction from that boy who seems to be birds nesting behind those bushes. Oh. Here, young fellow. Hi, my lad. Uh, Good morning, my boy. I'm
4: not doing nothing.
3: Oh, I shouldn't. Of course not. There's nothing to be frightened of. We simply want to know the way to Burley Manor. Hey, eh? uh, Burley Manor,
2: my boy. To the right or to, to the left?
5: Oh, you want Burley Manor, hey? Eh?
2: the impression we're trying to convey.
5: Everybody knows where Burley
2: Manor is. Well, we don't. Where is it?
5: Straight along the path. That boy.
3: Pathetic sight. When will our civilization advance sufficiently to produce a race free of such pitiable creatures as that?
2: Oh, I don't know. The boy looks well-fed and happy. Why shouldn't he? Nothing to do but walk round barefoot and climb about the cliffs all day. Seems
3: rather pleasant life. I wouldn't mind being an idiot myself.
5: Jackie! Jackie, where are
3: you? If you are looking for that barefooted boy, madam, he went off towards the cliffs.
5: Oh, then he wants me back for hours. He hunts birds' nests and eggs. Send them for a few pennies.
2: Very sound hobby. I used to do a little birds' nesting myself when I was a boy.
5: I wanted him to run an errand for me, but it's no matter.
3: The boy told us that we should take this path to Burley Manor, but he seemed a trifle wanting.
5: if you're going to Burley Manor, I will be glad to show you the way. I'm Mrs. Stephen Burley. Good Lord,
3: not the... (coughs) Your father-in-law invited us down to see his library, Mrs. Burley. May I introduce Dr. Watson? Uh, How do you do? My name is Sherlock Holmes.
5: I'm very glad to know you both. Now, if you'll just follow me along the path...
3: It's rather narrow, so I'm afraid we'll have to go in single file. That's an attractive girl, eh, oh? Right. Which makes me wonder all the more why she has evidently been weeping.
2: Oh, well, so that's Burley Manor. Impressive-looking old place, I must say. They built them to last in those days.
5: I suppose it is impressive. But is it a house which conveys to you an aura of happiness, Dr. Watson? Well, I can't say that I've ever Oh, there's Stephen now on the terrace. Lila.
4: Lila, where the devil have you been? Oh,
5: uh, this is Mr. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. How do you do?
4: How do you do? I'm glad to know you.
5: Your father asked them down to see the library.
4: The library? Oh, stacks of weird old books in there. Stuff's never been catalogued. Can't make any sense out of it myself. No, it's not my tea either. (laughs) Felt like reading Hamlet one night. Found some old black-letter thing I could barely spell my way through. And from the little I made out, it wasn't even the right form of the play. Really, Mr. Burney? How was that? Oh, it started out with some sort of a prologue. All about ghosts and revenge. Never saw that in Hamlet.
5: Stephen, where is your father? I haven't seen him since I packed his lunch. Has he gone off to the cliffs already?
4: You must have just missed him, Mr. Holmes. He often spends the day browsing about out there. Takes lunch along with him. And he's gone off alone?
3: Which path did he take? The one toward the cliffs. But I don't. Come, Watson. There's not a moment to lose. <laughs> I only pray we catch up to him in time.
2: What was all that about, uh, about Hamlet,
3: Holmes? Only that there is indeed a treasure here, Watson, and one fully worthy of Professor Moriarty's distinguished attention. Treasure? What sort? From Stephen's unseeing description, I deduce that the Burley Library must contain the Ur-Hamlet. The Ur-Hamlet? Or what's that? The original play is ascribed to Thomas Kidd, upon which Shakespeare based his version. Not a single copy is known to exist in the entire world, Watson. It would be absolutely priceless. Good gracious me. I say, Holmes, look. Up there ahead. I just caught a glimpse of a man's back
2: beyond those trees. It must be Burley. Good. Mr. Burley. Mr. Burley! The wind's blowing towards us, he... Can't hear you. Hurry up, Watson. We catch him beyond that bend in the path. Great heavens.
3: How appalling. Why the man's literally blown to bits. As I feared, Watson, we were just too late.
1: interesting to see if Sherlock Holmes really was too late. But men, it's never too late to help improve the appearance of your hair. If you're having trouble keeping your hair in place, if it's dry, lifeless looking, why not try cremel hair, Tommy? Honestly, I think cremel is by far one of the greatest hairdressings ever discovered. Cremel keeps hair in perfect order from morning until night with a nice, healthy-looking luster. Yet, Kreml never gives hair that cheap, greasy look. It never smothers hair down with sticky goo, which makes the hair and scalp feel so dirty. In addition, Kreml makes hair a cinch to comb. At the same time, it removes dandruff flakes. It relieves itching of dry scalp and makes your scalp feel so clean and refreshed. Next time you get a haircut, ask your barber for an application of Kreml. In the meantime, buy a bottle at any drug counter. K-R-E-M-L. Kremel, hair tonic. And now, Dr. Watson, what happened when you and Sherlock Holmes found that Mr. Burley had been the victim of an explosion on those Cornish cliffs?
2: Holmes sent me back to the house. As soon as I had reported what had happened, I headed back to the cliffs where I found Holmes standing lost in meditation. His tall, gaunt form... Silhouetted against the sea.
3: Holmes, I've sent a servant from the house to fetch the police. Good man. Uh, What's that you've got there? A few barely identifiable fragments of the lunchbox Burley was carrying. From the marks of the explosion, it is obvious that the bomb was in it. I see. Wait, Scott, Holmes. Young Mrs. Burley said that she packed that lunchbox. Precisely. And you will observe these footprints leading away here in the softer ground at the edge of the path naked
2: footprints. That barefoot boy, the the idiot, he saw it happen, was frightened by the explosion, and ran away in a panic.
3: You'll notice how smooth the footprints are? Smooth? Uh, Never mind. There's little we can do now but await the police. And I doubt if it will be long before they arrest a murderer. I should like to suggest, Superintendent Maddox, that you broaden the course of your inquiry If you don't mind, Mr. Holmes, I'll conduct my questioning in my own way. Not at all, Superintendent. A little rude for. No, Mrs. Burley, it'll be a lot better for you if you help me instead of hindering me.
5: I've been trying to answer your question, Superintendent. All only a fool could fail to see where they're leading.
3: Now, Lila, the
4: superintendent's only trying to find out the truth.
5: Very well. I'm innocent. And if all you want is the truth, you shall have it. I hated my father-in-law, and he hated me. Lila,
4: don't say any more. And
5: that isn't all. All the gossip you picked up from the servants this afternoon is true, Superintendent. My husband and I quarrelled this morning, quarrelled bitterly. Stephen talked of divorce. His father's constant pressure has made him so confused that he no longer knows his own mind. That's not true, Lila. I still love you. So if that's what you wanted to know, Superintendent. Yes. I'm glad he's dead. I hated him. I
3: hated him. I think that'll be quite enough, Mrs. Burley. I shall have to take you with me to the chief constable. The charge is murder. Oh, you're
4: crazy, Maddox. My wife didn't kill my father. The fact that she's told you all these things should be proof enough.
3: I'm sorry, Mr. Burley. I've got to do my duty as I see it. Come along, Mrs. Burley.
5: Very well. I'm ready.
4: I'll come along with you, my dear.
5: No, darling. Stay here and help Mr. Holmes in any way you can. That's the best way for you to help me.
2: She's quite right, my boy. Now, well, come along, Mrs. Burley.
3: Mr. Holmes, I'll offer you any sum you wish to clear my wife. Your father was my client. I already have a duty to find his murderer. And you think that Lila... I think the superintendent would have arrested her twice as quickly if he had known of the other possible motive, that in revenge she had conspired with Professor Moriarty against your father. Then you're leaving... You won't help me. There are loose ends to clear up, Mr. Burley. I must send Dr. Watson on an errand. As for myself, my first objective is to inspect the famous Burley Library.
4: some sandwiches, Mr. Holmes. You've been in here for hours.
3: I'm afraid I've rather lost track of time. Have you found what you wanted? I did not find it. And nothing could be more significant than its absence. There is no sign here, Mr. Burley, of the black letter hamlet which you described. Well, that's funny. I distinctly remember that... Ah, there you are, Holmes. Any luck, Watson? No, not a bit. I missed my supper and had a wild goose chase for my pain. You mean you couldn't find the half-witted boy? Checked every house in the village. He's nowhere about. I'm afraid he will never return. Dead? You mean you think that he saw too much? I mean, Watson, that the person who planted that bomb also murdered that poor boy. If we could have some lanterns at once, please, Mr. Burley. Of course. I think we'd better follow the tracks of those bare feet to their final destination. (laughs) Watson. Hold that lantern over my shoulder, close to the ground. This moonlight isn't quite strong enough to... Ah, that settles it, it. What is it? This overturned pebble. See? The underside is still moist and discolored. Someone has been here very recently. I must say, Mr. Holmes, I don't believe there's another man on earth who could have brought us to this spot in the dark. By these minute indications you've discovered... Quite elementary, my dear Mr. Burley. At all events, our tracking's at an end. This path seems to lead right down the face of the cliff. If you call it a path, where the devil does it lead to? If you look over the edge of the cliff. Look over here? Careful. It's a 200-foot drop to those rocks below. You see a dark opening some 40 or 50 feet down? One of the caves. Precisely. And except for this extremely precipitous and presumably unknown path, a cave completely hidden and inaccessible save from below by way of the water. Come on. In here. Look out uh, here uh, slippery. Careful, Holmes. Look uh, out for those rocks. Oh, blasted.
2: Uh, I nearly ripped my ankle.
3: Look out, that boat is loose. Good heavens. That just missed me. What price the brisk sea breezes now, Watson? Oh, I wish we were back in Baker Street. Oh, there. The worst bit's over. Here's the cave. It's larger than it seemed from above. Hold that lantern high above your head, Mr. Burley. This cave extends back quite a distance, apparently. Ah, there's something white beside those rocks. Good gracious me. It's some sandwiches. Precisely. The remains of your father's lunch, Mr. Burley. But I don't understand. And How's here, it... unless I'm greatly mistaken, in this pile of books we shall find the missing hand. Ah, yes, just as I thought. Follow me, Mr. Burley. Keep that lantern high enough so that I may see what's ahead of us. What, the Dickens, are you doing with a revolver in your hand, Holmes? I expect to find it of use at any moment, Watson. Ah, the end of our road. It's my father. It's Burley. He, he's asleep. But, but he's wearing Jackie's clothes. Precisely. Wake up, Mr. Burley. No, none of that. I've got you covered. What's the meaning of this? A very clever plot, Mr. Burley. You so hated your half-caste daughter-in-law that you determined to get rid of her before she could bear you a grandchild, even to the lengths of framing her for your own murder. We said that only she could have tampered with a lunchbox. Obviously, we should have thought, Mr. Burley, only she and you could have done so. Good heavens, Holmes! Do you mean to say that my father Under could... the pretext of some childish game, Burley, you exchanged clothes with that poor boy. We saw him walking along dressed in your clothes. No wonder he didn't answer when I called your name. You watched him as he was blown to bits by the bomb, and then you disappeared. You knew, Holmes, what we'd find here? The bare footprints were smooth, Watson, which would have told me at once that they were the prints of Franklin Burley's feet the boy Jackie who spent his days climbing the cliffs would have had horny, calloused feet. When I realized that, everything fell into place. The ghost in the library? Pure invention. The accident, which doubtless was simply an accident, introduced Burley to you and suggested that I might prove an unimpeachable witness to his ostensible murder by his daughter-in-law. The story of the ghost was simply an ingenious device to pique my interest. All right, Mr. Sherlock Holmes. As long as you're so smart, answer this question.
6: What can you prove? I'll admit I changed clothes with the idiot. I'll say it was just a game. Then he was killed by the trap that had been meant for me. I was panicked and
3: ran away. Yes, panicked to the extent of bringing your most valuable books with you, Mr. Burley. The sale of which would be a great help in starting your new life. But there's more to it than that. How does the heir of an old but impoverished family do himself as well as you do? How does a country gentleman secure a well-made time bomb? And above all, how is it that you were able to describe Moriarty so precisely in order to tempt me? I know. You're one of Moriarty's henchmen, aren't you? It's always been a trick of his to use the old smugglers' passages in these caves. Perhaps you're even counting on him to complete your plan. Look, Holmes, look, look. There's a motorboat coming in towards us. <laughs> They're standing on the prow, that unmistakable thin figure, that oscillating head. It's Moriarty. Get down, Watson. Out of sight. Stand up early in the mouth of the cave. Let Moriarty see you in the light. But don't try to warn him. I assure you I won't hesitate to shoot you. You don't dare kill me. You want me as a
6: witness. Moriarty! It's attacked! Sherlock Holmes is
3: here! Moriarty's raising his
2: rifle. He's... Oh! oh. He's shot him, Holmes. Moriarty's shot early. Better luck next time. Oh
3: Moriarty has made certain that no one shall turn king's evidence against him. Oh. No, 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 no. Don't try to stand up, man. You're, you're badly
6: hurt. I'm dying. But there'll be no dying words from me for you to use in court. I <laughs> see where you're looking. You want that Hamlet, don't you, Mr.
3: Holmes? Every scholar, every museum in the world would. Oh, and it's it. mine. I'll never let it be seen. No one shall have it now. You least of all. I'm dying. And it dies with. Look out, Holmes! <laughs> stop!
2: Good heavens, he's he thrown himself into the sea.
3: He hasn't a chance on those jagged rocks. Yes, and his body will be washed out to sea before we can get down there. Watson, an irreparable loss. Loss? A confounded murder like that? I was referring to the copy of Hamlet. I'm afraid it's the most shocking loss to English literature since half of Milton's papers were burned by his cook.
1: So Professor Moriarty once again got the better of Sherlock Holmes.
2: Oh, no, only mean that he escaped capture, Mr. Bell. After all, Holmes solved the mystery and managed to save the reputation of the young and beautiful Mrs. Burley.
1: That's true, Dr. Watson. In just a moment, Dr. Watson will tell us about next week's story. But first, ladies, Sherlock Holmes is tops at solving mysterious problems. But here's one hair problem which those beautiful powers models solve, And here it is we
5: discovered there's nothing better than cremel shampoo to bring out all the hair's natural, glossy luster. Cremel shampoo actually keeps our hair shining bright for days.
1: And cremel shampoo does such a marvelous cleaning job. Even in the hardest water, its rich, active foam penetrates right to the scalp and removes all loose dandruff flakes as well as the dirt. Cremel shampoo has been especially developed to glamour bathe each tiny strand of hair to reveal all its glorious natural brilliance. Even after the first shampoo, your hair looks a vision of loveliness.
5: And don't forget to mention how its beneficial oil base helps keep hair from becoming dry or brittle.
1: Yes, I know. That's why my wife always uses Kremel shampoo for our youngster's hair. In fact, everyone at our house uses Kremel shampoo because it's so mild and gentle on the hair. You can buy a bottle at any drug counter. Just ask for Kremel shampoo. Now, Dr. Watson, how about next week?
2: Well, now, let me see. Next week, I think I'll tell you how Holmes unmasked the sinister Dr. Ponsonby, head of a boys' school, and thus saved the life of one of the pupils. I've always referred to this particularly bizarre adventure as the singular affair of the dying schoolboys.
6: boom <laughs>
1: Tonight's new Sherlock Holmes adventure was suggested by an incident in Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story, The Final Problem. Nigel Bruce appeared by permission of California Pictures. Tom Conway through the courtesy of Eagle Lion Pictures. This is Joseph Bell speaking for Kreml Hair Tonic and Kreml Shampoo. Inviting you to be with us next week at this same time when Dr. Watson will tell us about the singular affair of the dying schoolboys.